0: In this episode, we're going to talk about stereotyping and labeling. Both of those are things that are not good for yourself and not good for those around you, yet we unintentionally do it all the time. So in this episode, I want to shed some light on it, how it shows up, its negative impact or how to catch it, and then what to do to eliminate or mitigate stereotyping and labeling for yourself and on your team as well. Let's dive in. Here's the question, how do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows in the show you learn how to think communicate and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be have you ever met a person from a different culture and then thought to yourself hmm, they kind of don't look like that or they don't act like they are from this culture That could also be related to age, Uh, it could be related to gender, it could be related to overall education, political orientation, sexual orientation, ethnicity, all of that. And when we see someone with a specific attribute and we then think that they don't act or look like that, then we fall prey to stereotyping. The same is true when we talk about we as women or a man in that role is better or worse or different, we're stereotyping. Now, stereotyping in itself is normal. We all do it. In fact, our brains do it in order to make sense of things. It's like shortcuts to organizing information and quickly making assumptions, which is a critical skill that we have and helped us survive. The issue now with workplace stereotyping is that it leads to us being prejudiced and in the worst case, even discriminate intentionally or unintentionally, in fact. And I see this way too often, including myself. I catch myself stereotyping. We're going to talk about labeling in a second. But I realize that's what my brain does to make sense of information. So we're not trying to make stereotyping this bad, awful thing to completely eliminate My hope is that you start noticing when you do it so you can catch yourself and pay attention to the language that you use, the actions that you demonstrate to counter your own assumptions and challenge them in order to do better in the way that you lead, how you behave, but also the way you make decisions, the way that you hire, the way that you promote internally. And as a result of that, and with that, of course, you're able to create a more diverse and inclusive environment where people feel like they belong more than if you're unaware of stereotypes. Now, I've used stereotyping here already a bunch. I think it's time to quickly define it. We commonly define a workplace stereotype as a fixed, overgeneralized belief about a person or a group of people. Now, these stereotypes can be positive, negative, or also neutral. Now, we're gonna talk about the negative ones here a little bit more, I'll focus on that, because that's the one that gets us into trouble more, but it's also important to recognize when we have positive assumptions or or attributes and we stereotype it that way, which can make us act less fairly or evenly or equally, all of that. Now, I'd like to emphasize this again, stereotyping is not something that only some of us do and others don't and when we do we should feel guilty about it it is normal it's how our brains are wired to do it we have to increase our level of self-awareness and notice when we stereotype though not just because if we continue to do it and we're not conscious of it we actually hold ourselves and others back we may even create an unsafe space we could say something such as oh i didn't realize someone you know your age could be so good at this or have such a hard time with technology or we may make assumptions about childcare and other outside obligations of a young mother in the workplace and just because we assume that for example they don't want to travel we don't send them on to travel assignments it may sound like, well, but that was very caring of me to do. To the person in that situation, it is likely going to come across as discrimination. And I don't know if you know this, but 99% of the Fortune 500 companies have dealt with sexual harassment and discrimination lawsuits. So this is very, very common. And I don't want to scare you with lawsuits here. That's not even a point. We're not trying to mitigate lawsuits. I'm just saying these things are real. They happen every single day. They happen in big ways with lawsuits and they happen in small ways all the time. And we've all done it. Uh, but when we know better, we do better. do we like that saying? Thank you, Maya Angelou. So building up our self-awareness to realize where we stereotype and how it may be impacting us is really important. This shows up in the way that we hire. Uh, it shows up in how we and who we promote on the team and how we coach, the opportunities that we present to others, how we respond to people in meetings or when they propose ideas. It shows up in the way that we assign work. It shows up in how we, for example, talk about our customers. It shows up how we engage with our coworkers and colleagues or clients and vendors and partners and all of that. And so you're going to have a lot of opportunity To pay attention to this, hopefully in the coming week as you listen to this and until the next episode of Dementia Track comes out, pay attention on how you stereotype. So I want to share with you this study that was done by Harvard Business School Professor Catherine Kaufman. They were studying how teams discuss, decide on, and reward ideas in a group. That research team compared the behavior of two groups that had free-form discussions in response to questions that varied in the amount of maleness on the topic. In one of the groups, the gender of each participant was known. And in the other group, the gender of speakers was not identifiable. Now, they found that men and women had the same ability to answer the questions. Yet, as the stereotypically male questions increased, women were significantly less likely than men to self-promote their ideas Within the group, when their gender was known, especially in cases where only one woman was talking with a bunch of men, but in groups where gender was unknown, no gender differences were found in terms of how much women and men talked up their ideas or were recognized by others for their input. Think about that. Just by knowing the gender in the group, women were advocating less, for their ideas than men and were less recognized by others for their inputs. It goes two ways, right? Women would not share as much and they were also not recognized as much by others than when gender was not revealed. And the researchers actually went a step further and they had outside evaluators rate the contribution of each group member after reading the transcripts of the conversations. Without knowing the gender of the speaker, the evaluators were significantly more likely to guess that participants who came across in the transcripts as warm or friendly were female and that a negative or critical participant was male, even though research found no actual difference in how men or women in the group communicated. Plus male raiders were also significantly less likely to believe that speakers who were judged as competent were female and that warmer participants, particularly warmer women, were less likely to be rewarded for their input in the discussion. So not only were women speaking up less, uh, they were also rewarded less, but on the outside, outside evaluator recognized them less for their competence. Yeah. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career, and lead a high-performing, engaged team. And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system, not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first, learn what should go into a leadership system, and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part In your leadership system, in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training, plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have for a nominal $19 at RamonaShaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to RamonaShaw.com slash one one to get started right now. So do stick with the gender here for a moment. So if you're a woman in a male-dominant industry, or if you're a male and there are only very few women or other minorities in your group, pay attention to this. It is naturally going to happen. This study here is not an exception. You can elevate women's voices, for example, or voices of minorities. You can give them extra prompt, extra visibility, trying to balance this out. Or you could also have anonymous discussion boards online digitally where people would respond to a question or to a proposal anonymously, people will read all the responses and upvote or downvote and then the actual discussion in a physical meeting or virtual meeting would take place. So you can eliminate some of the stereotyping by keeping things anonymous and in writing first. Those are all little suggestions. Uh, The point here again is about highlighting this issue and how that shows up in the workplace. The same, by the way, is true when it comes to nuances like being an introvert or being an extrovert. We look at people and we immediately think because they are an extrovert, they're going to be good with people or because they're an introvert, they're going to be quiet and not speak up. That stereotyping, that is not necessarily true. And when we jump to these conclusions, we totally miss the opportunity that we may have at hand by recognizing the unique strength of the person in front of us. Any of these things, including gender tendencies, age tendencies, education, all of that, it all falls on a spectrum. It's not black and white. It's not one box versus the other box. Everything is a spectrum. But when we stereotype, we miss that point. We think they're all the same. And it is like looking at a whole spectrum of gray and we're saying, well, this is black or white. We would all realize that's not very rational, not logical, not smart, not effective yet we do it all the time the way around this is what we call individuate information so we're trying to get to know the person in front of us especially if we know we have certain stereotypical assumptions about that person really recognize that ask questions to really have an open mindset get to know them on a personal level and dropping that and putting that aside Asking questions with an open mind. Plus, uh, as we talked about earlier, sometimes you have to give extra encouragement. If you notice someone is holding themselves back, you want to really evaluate certain processes that you have in place, such as hiring, for example, that we know we're all completely exposed to biases and we all know that we make decisions emotionally and then we rationalize logically. That is also how our brains work. And knowing that means we have to put certain measures in place in order to reduce the biases and the stereotyping in the process so that we can create an environment that's more diverse and inclusive that also enables and allows us all to grow together. For a woman who isn't speaking up or advocating for herself, we might need to give that extra feedback. We might need to give that extra encouragement up front. We might need to speak up when we see something. We may notice in a process, oh my gosh, we're stereotyping in a conversation or we are exposed to biases here. Put the pause on and say like, hey, hold on a second. I don't think we're looking at this objectively or I don't think we're giving the person the benefit of the doubt. I think we're totally falling into the trap of stereotyping. So can we take a step back and actually look at the individualized information here and get to know the person Or even let's challenge ourselves and assume this person has a completely different age or a different background or a different education. How would that change how we perceive this person? And that allows us to uncover some of those biases or stereotypes that we may be exposed to. Now, I want to briefly talk about labels as well. Labeling is something that we do more when it comes to personality attributes such as the introvert or the extrovert or being a procrastinator or being really bad at public speaking or maybe I'm always late. We all have these kind of attributes that we take on. And we think uh, they become our identity as a result of it. And the more that you believe you are a thing, an identity, the more your brain is going to want to validate that that is true and will diminish or ignore any information that comes your way that would counter your identity. That's like we have a certain very strong belief and then anything that we see on Facebook or even from research that counters our belief. We either don't see it or if we see it, we don't read it or if we read it, we're trying to find the holes in the argument to hold on to our strong belief. So if you're a procrastinator and you keep saying, I am a procrastinator or I am just impatient or I'm just bad at X, Y, Z, the more you're going to find reasons of why that is and you're going to find more proof. As such, you're holding yourself back. Totally Unnecessary. So pick up on the labels that you use or maybe other people use. If you're coaching people on your team as a leader and you notice someone is using labels, just bring that up and say, it sounds like a label uh, that you put on yourself. What would be different if you dropped that? And could you imagine a world where that's not true? If you didn't think that was you or you were that kind of person, what would you do differently? What could you do differently? Sometimes it's easier to see from the outside. It's really hard (laughs) to see from what I call inside the jar. We can't read our own labels, so to speak, Uh, but others can. And so we can help each other do that too. It stalls growth. It holds us back from going through behavioral change. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying an introvert isn't an introvert, but I'm saying that when I tell someone I'm an introvert, and by the way, I do this too. I say I'm an introvert. But I've diminished the fact that introversion and extroversion is a scale and it's it's a spectrum. And the way I'm introverted is very different than the way other people are introverted. And I have a lot of moments when I can be a really big extrovert. But when I say I'm an introvert, I'm actually encouraging my own behavior to fall more into that left side or right side of the spectrum that I'm actually promoting that stereotype within myself and for others, which is not helpful. It's halting growth, it's halting behavioral change and just makes things harder in an unnecessary way. So watch yourself, catch yourself when you use labels for others or for yourself and just try to reframe. You can say something like, oh, I procrastinated there or I used to procrastinate. Now I'm looking for more ways to quickly move into action. Or I used to find myself really timid in these kind of situations or needing a lot of time to think, but I'm starting to get better at or I'm really trying to pay attention to how I engage in meetings and how I engage in meetings or how I show up in presentations or in bigger groups. That will encourage your growth. I hope you notice the difference here. So now as we wrap up, I have, let's see, what are these? Four questions that I want to share with you. And I hope that you take those to heart. You think about them. We're going to drop them in the show notes so you can catch them there too if you miss them. uh, And that you miss them to help you build this awareness around stereotypes and labels. First question is, what have you, you personally been stereotyped for? Write that down. What kind of stereotypes have other people put on you? And now what labels are you putting on yourself? Are you being competitive? Are you very outgoing? Are you an introvert? Are you a procrastinator? Are you always late? Are you a really hard worker? I used to say I'm not creative, which was complete BS. I think I picked that up from a school teacher who said that once to me. It's actually not true at all, but I held on to that label for very long. Um, So what are the labels for you? Question number three, what stereotypes do you have on your team? So think about the people that you lead, that you manage. What typical stereotypes do you have? Again, mostly about age, gender, ethnicity, background, education, physical appearance or physical presentation, political orientation, sexual orientation. The list goes on, but these are the main ones. So think about some of these stereotypes. And then what labels are put on them, or are they putting on themselves? And I think more about the personality attributes that we either put on someone, we might even choke about it, and we make fun of it. Uh, not in a, in a bad way, in, a, in an endearing way, but it still reinforces the label. Or what are things that the people on your team put on themselves as labels that now after this episode you realize they may be actually stalling their own growth and development because they keep hanging on to that identity unintentionally and unconsciously so these are the four questions to think about and recognize and then again as in terms of actions to do look at the processes where this shows up catch yourself when you use stereotypes rephrase how you communicate say something when you see something and give some people who are being stereotyped or may fall into these uh, traps that we talked about with the study and the women speaking up, give them some additional positive feedback, some encouragement or shed some light on it, like give them some extra visibility. Now, that particular example was just one of many. So the same thing shows up for people across different generations, different backgrounds, educations and so forth. So look for opportunities to counter the effect in order to create a fertile ground, like the soil where people feel they can grow, they feel more confident in themselves, they uh, feel seen for who they really are, not the stereotypes that they represent, but who they really are because someone cares to get to know them and because you might even see strength and abilities and resources or potential in them that they have diminished because of a label that they have put on. When you get to do that, not only will you create more diversity, belonging and inclusion on your team, but you'll also be that leader that people remember because you instilled confidence in them. You saw something in them or in others that they didn't see. You were the one who paid attention in how decisions were made and how biases and stereotypes may have impacted your ability to make logical decisions. And instead, they were emotionally driven because you were the one who would recognize when decisions were made in a biased way and were doing everything you could to counter those. And that speaks volumes. So I do hope that I shed some light on this whole topic in this episode today. If you think this will be useful for other people on your team, in your organization, friends and colleagues, please pass it on. This topic cannot be talked about enough, especially among leaders. So thank you for your help to do this. I will be back next week with another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident, Incompetent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book. And a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.